my favorite. I love Thirty Rocks. I've been watching so much of it lately. Oh really? Yeah, we've got. It's like the only thing I have on DVD. (laughs) Yeah, I have it on DVD too. It's just it like it literally never gets old. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't know where my thing is. That's okay. Hi, my name is Bree, and I'm here with Alex and Brittany, and this is Double Tap, the podcast where we zoom in on the current media climate. Hello, I'm Tracy Grimshaw. Welcome to this special edition of A Current Affair. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I just can't understand how something so small can be so impressive. Well, Mark, you would know about that. Welcome to Double Tap. Hello. Hey. How are we doing? Good. Very good. Very busy, but very yeah. good. I've sort of just like entered this stage of denial that I ever enrolled. Yeah. Just, uh... I mean, it's fake. It's all fake. Oh, go wait. My foot's stuck. <laughs> oh, what? My heel is stuck. Oh, no. <laughs> very long days (laughs) (laughs) what is everyone double tapping today Brittany Alex well so this morning Shane Dawson um he released his first episode of his new series his new doco series Mm. um the mind of Jake Paul yeah um super interesting he kind of talks about how when he announced that he was doing it that he had backlash from Mm. um a lot of his fans saying no don't do jake paul we won't watch it um and kind of he just discussed that he doesn't know whether jake paul's heart is in it whether he wants people to find out the real jake paul or whether jake paul wants more views because he knows Oh, he gets views. Yeah. Mm. Um, Also, really interesting, he's looking at psychology, which is something different. He's looking Mm. at the idea of a sociopath and whether Jake Paul is a sociopath. Basically, they showed a bunch of clips of stuff he's done. And, like, you know, he's, like, locked his roommates in rooms and like he when they all lived in that house he Mm -hmm. had he had locks on the outside and um he's mistreated a lot of people but doesn't seem to have any guilt and so the first episode is basically just talking to a drama channel and finding Mm -hmm. he's finding out all he needs to know about Jake Paul wow Love it. That sounds yeah. heavy. Yeah. It sounds very it's, compelling. I think it's an eight-part series or six-part oh, series. Wow. So wow. it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna it's be like watching making it. a murderer. But yes, like but YouTubers. like YouTube version. Yeah. <laughs> also, some stats on the Shane Dawson. In the first, I believe, 20 minutes, he had 200,000 views. Ooh. 200, yeah, 200,000. Wow. Something like that. Something really crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised to see what it is on now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. When you hear numbers like that, it's sort of unsurprising that you you see like a hundred comments on the fir- on every video that's like first watch. Like yeah. everyone like always first, wants to be the first. first like first, first out of two hundred thousand in Come twenty to minutes. <laughs> Come, Come to, to Brazil. Brazil and first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I need to watch it. 
I, uh, my double tap this week uh, is the new album by French pop star Christine and the Queens. I love her. I am fully obsessed. It's called Chris mm-hmm. and it's it's like 23 songs in total, but like she repeats the album in French. Um, oh. But there's like bonus songs that aren't on the English one in French and it's just like, wow. such That's a amazing. ride. I've listened mm-hmm. to it probably 20 times in the last like th- three days. Okay. I'm going to have to get on for that. Yeah, oh, that's so amazing. I love it. But, like, um, I think, well, my partner's been obsessed with Christine and the Queens for a while, but I found out about it through RuPaul, who, like, oh. retweeted the music video for the single of this album. No and way. it's, like, um, all set on this, like, construction site, and they're, like, dancing on, like, a, a hanging beam, and it just, like, oh. is so sick. I just wish I were French and could dance, and we're cool. Well... My double tap today is, I think it, it's a little bit old, but it's one of the new BuzzFeed Unsolved videos, which I have been following. I've been following BuzzFeed Unsolved for ages, um, and it's called The Treasure Hunt of Forrest Fenn. So it was basically this old guy who used to be like, he's basically what inspired Indiana Jones was passing away. He was getting really sick, so he was like, okay, my last hurrah, I'm going to like hide this treasure chest in the forest. I'm going to write some clues. All my fans can go find it if they want to. Oh. So the two guys from BuzzFeed Unsolved were like, oh, yeah, let's go, like, see if we can find it. But the weird thing is, after they get to one certain spot near the end of the video, they kind of start acting really weird and, like, oh. a bit funny and silly. And, like, everyone thinks there's all these theories that they actually found it because there was all these lega- legalities being like, oh, if they find it, it's not BuzzFeed, it's theirs. And they're not allowed to talk about it on BuzzFeed's channel. Oh so everyone gosh. thinks they've found the treasure. It's like... That is nuts. Like, I know, I know. You <laughs> I got so excited. I was like, what is happening? I am just completely gobsmacked. That sounds mm-hmm. like the plot of like a great television sounds show. Like, or something. like Indiana Jones. It literally, it's yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a great segue into mm. what we're talking about today, conspiracy theories and whatnot. <sighs> I am going to be talking about InfoWars, and in particular how it brings up issues surrounding free speech online, specifically online. So we hit the streets at QT to see what people knew about InfoWars and Alex Jones. No, I don't know who Alex Jones or InfoWars is. No, I don't. Who's that and what's that? No, I don't know who Alex Jones or InfoWars are. No. So do you guys know much about InfoWars or Alex Jones? I, like, honestly can't say that I do. I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know the that after this last, like, bout of controversy that you porn removed their mm-hmm. videos. Uh, but aside from that, um, I always thought... Alex Jones was Alan Jones. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I mean, like I knew he wasn't, but like, oh, but like I just assumed it was like, oh, I, I'm sure that's, that's the same. And what did you do your topic on? <laughs> Australian, Australian news journalism. journalism. That is hilarious. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. What about you, Britt? Have you um, seen anything? I, I've I've seen a few videos, not to mention like Philip DeFranco. Mm-hmm. He talks about him a lot, mm-hmm. but I think mostly from memes, yes. meme videos. Oh, of course, um, huge in meme culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. just a lot of that. And I think H three H three podcast, yes. their YouTube yeah. channel, they talk a lot about him too. Yes, and it's always just um, 
you know, more liberal people mm-hmm. yeah. uh, talking and kind of making mm-hmm. fun of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So according to the interwebs, uh, InfoWars is a far-right American conspiracy theorist and fake news website that's mm. owned by Alex Jones's um, free speech systems company. <laughs> that's what it's called. Free, free, free speech, speech systems. systems. <laughs> what a name. Um, so believe it or not, they actually uh, promote themselves as a conspiracy theorist and fake news website. That's what they call themselves, which is... Right. Okay. Yes, interesting. So I just want to talk about when it was created because I feel like he's really gotten into the limelight more of recent. Mm-hmm. But his yeah. company was actually created in 1999. Oh, so he's wow. been around for almost 10 years, that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah, nearly 10 years. Over 10 years. Nearly 20 years. He's just in. Free cup. <laughs> it took me longer than I cared he's, about this to yeah. realize. <laughs> he's, so he's been around for nearly 20 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's insane. Doing the same stuff, um, it's just, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the meme culture yeah. and the Trump um, administration that's really brought it to life. Um, so just a bit of background, some of the most famous or infamous maybe fake news stories and conspiracies on the website um, includes blaming the government and other higher-ups for events such as 9-11 and the Sandy Hook shootings. Um, so for obvious reasons, these are very serious topics and they're both very tragic and extremely sad. So for someone to come in, a a company to come in and say that their own government is compromising the public safety is just really terrifying for some people. Mm. Um, and really disrespectful to those who were involved in the incident. Is the Sandy Hook, um, thing, is that the crisis Mm -hmm. actors Mm -hmm. stuff? Mm -hmm. So that, Mm -hmm. is that when he said that, um, they've hired actors to... Yes, to to basically get to the front where the cameras are. Sorry to bring the mood down, guys, but, (laughs) um, it's really surprising how someone can get away with this for so long. Like I said, he started in 2000, it's just... Especially when they're, like, openly admitting that it's sort of not true like pe- they come to expect this if you're doing it for 20 years exactly. and you're you're promoting yourself as like a fake news source mm-hmm. like it's really shocking to see that people mm. could like i don't know speak with such surety when they know they're lying and yeah. talking about such sensitive issues mm-hmm. and what's even worse he makes majority of his profits off his merch uh, he has merch. He has merch, and that's where that's when they started promoting themselves as a fake news site because the merch they were selling was the Infowars stuff because everyone was buying it as a meme. Um, yeah, so that's how they make profit. Damn millennials! Money. Damn millennials yeah. buying for the meme. <laughs> so I'm gonna bring the mood up a little bit right now. So just get into the mindset of Infowars and Alex Jones. I want to know if you guys have any favorite conspiracies. Do you well, want to go first? I will. Okay. Um, my favorite conspiracy uh, involves uh, Rupert Murdoch, particularly mm-hmm. in, in 2011 during the phone hacking scandals. Yeah. Um, remember when that the foam pie was thrown at him? During... Yes. yes. Yeah. So that was the day that he was supposed to testify in this like massive trial. The whole world was watching. And following that incident, the only coverage was essentially about him being pied in the face and his wife being oh. upset. I think it was all a, like they, the person who claimed to do it was a like sort of comedy activist, mm-hmm. but I reckon it was 
sort of this inside job that tried to shift the narrative and keep people away from the phone hacking scandals. Um, Oh my god! Yeah, I can't. I kind of believe it. I believe yeah. it. Yeah, I mean it's not that hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's... worst thing about conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if you've got just some basic facts, you're like, oh man, this could be real. I think you just get people thinking about it, and people will believe anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like if you can plant even the the smallest sliver of doubt in what is like true in yes. air quotes, then um, that that's enough to create, mm-hmm. like, misinformation yeah. and to tell these stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, my favourite conspiracy theory um, is the Avril Lavigne oh, conspiracy. Yes. I love this conspiracy so um, much. So basically people think that I think it was around when Avril started to become quite big mm-hmm. um, that she was taken over by a body double um, and that she is no longer alive. <laughs> mm. um, so my favorite um like facts that people um put forward is that um like her performances and her singing voice is very very different Mm -hmm. um that her style just completely changed her physical appearance like you uh if you just google it's like the people circle and they've like measured out side by side and they're like no way can botox or like plastic Mm -hmm. surgery do this it has to be fair like it has to be different person um it's subtle differences but it she looks very different and just even like her in interviews um you know back in the day she would like talks with a very raspy low voice but in newer interviews she has a very high voice um which may be just a style change that kind of like when I was researching it more and having a look into it more um I kind of was just like maybe it's just her branding changing yeah potentially like, for example when um what the kawaii yeah 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 yes but there were also there was a really funny um thing people have taken photos of her writing and so back in the day she 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 wrote this like weird she the way she writes Mm -hmm. is this weird um cursive Mm. but nowadays she writes non-cursive and it's completely different and so people are like, well, it's got to be a different person. <laughs> like, how do you argue with that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Gosh. If I learned anything so from the John Benet Ramsey. <gasps> Sorry. How, how did you know what I was going to talk about? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is a more true crime conspiracy, but I want to talk about it anyway. Yeah, go for it. I am a big true crime fan, and I think mm. John Benet is probably one of my favorite cold cases um, and with all the new stuff coming out on it and with her brother and stuff like that, I personally believe that there was an incident with her mother. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I don't want to go too much into the details because this can be a very controversial kind of yeah. thing. My other favorite conspiracy is that Justin Bieber is a lizard. Oh, well, Have you seen the videos? Oh, I feel like that's just the truth. That's like, just the truth. Yeah, there's no conspiracy person. to it. I he sheds his skin twice a year. Illuminati. I thought that was just a meme. No, those videos, people believe in that. Mm. Have you seen how long his tongue is? <laughs> Have you, Alex? <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> no. No, I have not seen Justin <laughs> Bieber's tongue. Great. Okay, so, Google. 
How long is Justin Bieber's tongue? <laughs> just uh, just a Tumblr called Justin Bieber tongue. There you go. Yeah. My favorite. Okay, so now we're in a good little conspiracy theory mindset. Um, I'm going to bring back one of Alex's games from our first episode, but I'm changing it up a little bit so to suit the topic of our conversation. Ooh, so upcycle. it's basically like a who wrote it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like who done it, but who wrote it. Nice. So please don't scroll down because it has answers. So don't want to ruin it. Um, so I'm going to give you a fake news conspiracy story uh, headline, rather, that I've taken directly from InfoWars, and then I'll give you a real... Real news and quotations. Uh, sorry, taken. I've taken them from Washington Post and the Independent. So this might be a little bit different from our game last time, um, just because I kind of want to make a little bit of a point here that even though Alex Jones is the head of all this and makes all these headlines seem super crazy, they're not too far from the headlines we read every single day from. Uh, respected news sources so you're going to tell me which one's the conspiracy theory and which one's from a respected news oh i'm movie. so intrigued <sighs> these 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 headlines okay number one bombshell hillary clinton's satanic network exposed and the one against this one attorney general sessions started a law corrupt chant in front of high school students, and that's in regards to Hillary Clinton. The first one has to be Alex Jones in yeah. Wars, right? Yes. No way is like the Washington Post mentioning anything to do with satanic. I was searching so hard to find <laughs> something about it, and it turns out there are a couple out there. Her um, daughter is apparently a part of the satanic cult at the moment. Wow, Chelsea Clinton. Yep. Wow. Well, has allegations. Right. Yes. That's that's pretty. That's crazy. a conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I feel like news sources might be locking in on to, to conspiracy theories because they know they get a lot of reads at the moment. Because it yeah, seems to be kind sure. of like a new topic. Particularly when, like, the election proved that, like, truth doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very clickbaity of them. Very. And that's the thing. Like, they're not making money from, like, their newspapers anymore. So mm-hmm. they need people to come to their side so they can exactly. sell ads. Exactly. exactly. Now, these next two, I've done this on purpose. They're very, they're about the same topic. But I, I want you guys to pick which, still which one you think is InfoWars. Um, so first one. Kovac says illegal votes have given Clinton the popular vote. Second one, Hillary Clinton will steal the election with illegal votes. I know they're very similar, so it might be a bit difficult. I think that the conspiracy is like will steal because it's kind of like editorialized. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very close. Like that could very well be like a quote that is a headline. Yes. I think you're trying to trick us. I think InfoWars was the first one. Mm-hmm. And the second one was like steel. Like I think that's definitely like a Washington Post or like a, yeah. Yeah. Well, Alex was correct. Oh. Um, they were very close. Very. Like, yeah. Um, and that's just, I wanted to prove my point that like just because Alex Jones is the front head, it makes all the headlines seem crazier than they really are. Yeah, for sure. Which is interesting. Okay, I've got one more. These, this one's a bit fun. Um, former Fox News host Glenn Beck is a CIA operative. That's that one. Bill Gates pushing how to make climate progress in a world that is eating meat and guzzling gas. 
The first one's Alex Jones. I... Could you repeat the first one? <laughs> Former Fox News host Glenn Beck is a CIA operative. Well, like... Yeah, I'm going to say that that one's the conspiracy. Yeah, I mean, this is a giveaway, unfortunately. Yeah. But I don't know. I read this Bill Gates article because there's a lot of Bill Gates stuff on Alex's website. And I was just really surprised by that. Yeah. So I tried very hard to find a one on Bill Gates. Was the first, the first one, did you say Fox News? Yeah. Is it Fox News super right wing? Yeah. yeah. Wait, but they were talking. Oh, you mean that Alex Jones was talking about how. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that interesting. interesting. Yeah. Because Fox News is always the one that people like all the, like, you know, liberals yeah. and the left wings that yeah. don't watch mm-hmm. Fox News when um, elections are on because yeah. it is super right wing. Like yeah. when um, I think when Obama was reelected or elected, mm-hmm. um, when he was announced, they were still saying, Oh, um, we're, they're still checking figures. Um, we're not entirely sure if um, he, he's actually won. And he had definitely won. But they did not want to admit in that he had won. when Trump won, I remember yeah. watching Fox News, literally the second he had won, it was like, Trump has won, it's mm-hmm. happened, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I think the CIA operative kind of gave it away. Yeah. A little bit, Maybe. just a little bit. But, um, yeah, you make it. Point. Yeah, really. that's really mm. interesting. Mm. When I did read the article, it was very like talking down on him, being like, "How dare he? Like, this is this is obviously a cover up and like making, I guess, making the news bias and stuff like that." Right. And I want supporting him. I wonder if it was um like more personal than like his actual political mm-hmm. allegiances Definitely. in that situation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. okay. So, so I'm, I'm going to move on now to the host, Alex Jones, himself, just for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't know, know if you guys have seen videos of him. Yes. But I've seen a lot of edits. Yes. <laughs> so much fun to watch. But look, if you need a good laugh, pause this podcast right now and go check it out. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. But with all jokes aside, um, Ian McQuaid from the website Ransom Note talks about why we should find we shouldn't find um, Alex Jones funny anymore, and we shouldn't be paying attention to him. So he said Alex Jones builds interconnected palaces of compelling nonsense, and right now as the world floods us with information and situations spiral into it. Increasingly complexity. The last person we should trust is the one with simple answers. So that's a lot of words. Mm. Yes. But just to break it down, he is basically blaming Alex for coming up with simple answers for big problems. Alex, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you, Alex? I'm sorry, guys. What have you done? I'm so sorry. So what do you guys think? Because I, I personally think that Alex Jones is just a ridiculous human being. But, you know, like people say, any any publicity is good publicity. And it's true because Alex Jones is making his way into mainstream politics. Um, he's even talked at one of Trump's rallies and people are listening to him. And I, I sometimes wonder if because it's so hard to comprehend the complicated issues happening in the world, people just want to listen to a simple answer that will explain everything. If that makes sense. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm. I mean, I think, I think the reason that nowadays, like people like this are becoming so uh, increasingly influential in these realms is because people are struggling to understand what may be happening in Mm. in politics and in uh, the world in general. And, and having someone that can give easy answers that aren't, it's, 
like your responsibility to help do something about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's what humans it's like instinctively want to hear. Like, yeah. like, oh, that's the reason why. Like, let's move on. Yeah, but that's not gonna fix no. problems. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. A lot of his videos. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the views he gets, mm-hmm. but I, I think he does get quite a big engagement. Yeah. And it's, it would be quite interesting to see the age range of people watching Absolutely. it because mm-hmm. it's there is a lot of young viewers on YouTube. And if young American viewers, if that's their gateway into politics, mm-hmm. whether they're laughing about it or whether they are just, you know, looking for politics and they or they stumble across it mm-hmm. and they believe these simple answers – it's kind of makes you worried about the, the future. future. And I, I, I know, know we are talking specifically in America here, yeah. but we got to remember that Alex Jones, there's an InfoWars Australia as well. So these messages are making their way worldwide. Mm. So, so it's, it's not just affecting Americans. Yeah. It's affecting the entire political sphere. Yeah. Uh, as we like mentioned in the first episode, those sort of like fake news, clickbaity tactics are like sort of really heavily relied upon by mainstream media nowadays. So it is something that is slowly becoming more and more the norm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it is important. Like what's his name? Like Alec, no, like Ian McQuaid said uh, that like, you know, it's important for us to not accept this as normal because that'll only make it more powerful. Exactly, yeah. So I just wanted to quickly brief over, like, InfoWars and Alex Jones because what I really want to look at is something a bit more significant that directly relates to media and is more in line with what we want to talk about. Mm. So because of the nature of Alex Jones and the content he produces, iTunes, Facebook, Spotify... YouTube, and eventually Twitter, um, have all removed Alex's Jones audio and video content from their platforms, claiming that he has violated hate speech policies. So this got to the point where Alex was actually posting his videos on porn sites because he had nowhere else to go. He was literally blocked from everywhere. (laughs) Also, Twitter was a little bit late to the game with banning him, and they got absolutely slammed because of this, that they weren't following suit with all the other... Um, social media platforms um so yeah <laughs> um the fact that he had to post on porn sites is a bit insane but he yeah. still has his own website up so i don't it's yeah. basically he's not reaching the social media platforms now he still has mm. a website so people have to seek him out if they want him they can't exactly. stumble across it anymore mm-hmm. but what i did find the info wars and info wars australia twitters are still up Oh. Right. So the company's specific ones are still up. But not his. But not his personal one. Right. I know. <laughs> I also, like, uh, I commenting on the, the Twitter mm-hmm. getting, like, sort of hate for not blocking him. I love that we've gotten to the point where, I mean, people love to talk about how we're kind of powerless to these massive data collecting, mm-hmm. like, platforms. But we do have the power to sort of reduce their influence if they don't respond to our needs yeah, as exactly, users of them. Yeah. And that's really awesome to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's still pretty pretty disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, in fact, this has gone so far to the point where victims' families have um, sued Jones, Alex Jones, for defamation, as well as multiple other lawsuits um, about hate speech, etc. 
But this kind of begs the question, has the Alex Jones ban, as they call it, and the lawsuits redefine free speech on the internet and in specific, like specifically social media platforms? This episode of Double Tap, we're sponsored by our favourite podcast, My Favourite Murder. Oh, I guess, again, we're sponsored by ourselves. Um, Straddle, bringing you interactive content that is inspired by current discussions in the media and communications industry. Get across it! So we asked the kids of QT about this and whether they believe there's such thing as free speech on the internet. Um, it's definitely a complicated question. Um, I think there's such a thing as free speech online where people are allowed to say what they want and often do whether people then criticize them and there's later backlash or say their comments on social media or something later get deleted is another thing and yes i do believe there is such thing as free speech online oh yeah because you can say whatever you want Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I think, yes, there's free speech, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not without criticism necessarily. Um. So, basically, everyone seems to have this opinion that at, when they first started thinking about it, they're like, of course there's free speech. But then they start thinking about things like maybe cyberbullies getting blocked or, you know, for example, the journalists and the behaviours with um, ISIS and stuff like that. That kind of stuff was taken down very, very quickly. So what do you guys think? Do you think there is such thing as free speech on the internet? Well, I mean, what, what do you think, Brittany? <laughs> Take time, guys. I think on social media, every social media site has terms of use. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I've ever really read the <laughs> terms of use when I've, you know, signed up for an account and clicked the red the terms and conditions. Um but there are particular things that obviously you cannot do. So I think in a way, or you cannot do or say. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, it's not completely free. Mm. But to the everyday user, I think there'd be a lot of people that would see that as just, yeah, yeah. we have free speech. Mm-hmm. I can post that selfie on Instagram. I think if you're not thinking about QT students studying media, and you know, if you're exactly. not talking to yes. media communities. If you're not talking solely to QT media and communication students, I think a lot of people would just say, yeah, I've learned that like talking to the everyday social media user, they're very, they don't have a lot of knowledge on like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like a, a reflex rather than like a conscious decision. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of people just kind of, I think the average user may outweigh the kind of radical mm-hmm. user. Mm-hmm. And I think, the only people I've ever spoken to about this sort of stuff are just like, yeah, I post a selfie or I have an account for my cat mm-hmm. and mm. it's free because I can do this and that's my free speech mm-hmm. that I um, give into the cyber world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't sure. know. It's interesting. What do you think, Alex? Well, I think it's it, it's sort of this, like, double-edged sword. Like, on, on one hand, there are these community guidelines that sort of, sort of strictly follow what people can and cannot say. Um, but like people can still report content if they claim it doesn't Mm. support guidelines. And I I follow a number of um, sort of like activist people, like queer activists and racial activists and stuff who regularly have content taken down Mm -hmm. because it might be like angry or um, 
confronting for yeah. a, a larger audience to read. And then on the other hand, there's like the Spotify hate speech um, claim where they took down music or, or took music off their playlists mm-hmm. that didn't conform to mm-hmm. like their standards of what good speech is. But that only increased the listens mm-hmm. for artists that were removed from those albums. Yeah. So it's it's kind of this like, I don't know, like vacuous mass of of well you do but you yeah. also don't and yeah, like exactly. don't test it mm-hmm. but like say what you want i think with a lot of things there's just two sides to it mm-hmm. it's that classic thing that comes down to it it's like it depends how you look at it mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like as i said for the average user yeah. and we're obviously fine. looking at more from like an academic point of view absolutely you know we're studying it. Yeah. <laughs> Academic. Yes, um, so probably... this probably seems like kind of like a new topic, I guess, in a sense. But laws have been adjusted before to deal with mass the mass market media era of television and newspaper. And people are saying it now needs to evolve with social media as well um, and the digital environment to, you know, uh, address this. Mm. So this kind of seems like a super complicated and big thing to talk about it. But um, Larissa Litsky said there are two main things that everyone needs to understand in order to discuss this whole topic. So first, free speech laws only protect citizens against restrictions on their speech by the government and government actors. So platforms like Facebook and Google aren't government actors. So free speech just doesn't cover that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, The other thing is that people sometimes misunderstand that hate speech in itself is not a legal category um and although it may overlap with things like true threats and defamation that are legal categories so hate speech in itself isn't a law um so to say but in saying that that means the government can't restrict it but platforms can if they want to so it's up to the platforms at the end of the day right that's interesting i didn't know that hate speech wasn't a legal what i mean I mean, on one hand, I find it a little bit shady to be giving the power to these platforms, but how else really can it be done? It's not like these are, like, the the internet can be sort of defined by state Mm -hmm. lines. Like, Mm -hmm. who takes responsibility for this? Well, I actually have a really interesting quote talking about what you're saying. So um, I found this um, by Jeff Jarvis. Um, He's talking whether social media is a public square and where uh, free speech should be enforced by, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. Mm. So he talks about this in regards to Facebook. He said, Mark Zuckerberg is not responsible for free speech in the world. It's not up to him. Um, The internet is a public square, the internet as a whole, but various platforms on it include shows, New York Times, comments, letters to the editor, um, and those are controlled in ways uh, in which the public can have a conversation. Mm. So I thought that was interesting, talking about Mark Mark Zuckerberg, and he's not in charge of everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially with that whole thing that came up, and I don't know if you've... I think we've talked about this before, the Facebook ads everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Fake news fake is an news. out thing, yeah. like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, I'm never going to sympathise for Mark Zuckerberg, but it's not like they're necessarily his views. Mm. He's just providing the space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is just really interesting because, I mean, if not if not the platforms, then who takes responsibility for exactly. governing yeah. what people yeah. do? I just think it'll be interesting to see in the future what happens. Mm. Yeah. Like, how we're obviously going to have to start doing something about mm-hmm. this. 
but mm. what and yeah. how and so, like as you said there's no geographic like, zones yeah, yeah, and yeah, laws yeah, yeah. of the internet yeah. so what happened i think it's really interesting yeah, yeah. i'm like what does the internet government like suddenly appear little, <laughs> little like internet They'll... police <laughs> it'll be like the un makes internet law or something mm-hmm. and and then the oh, internet police i'm just the imagining like like you're you're just sitting at home and you hear like a, a vintage like dial-up internet noise and you're just like they're coming they're coming. Die. The internet police are oh. coming. that's actually terrifying yeah it's like doctor who episode it's like all the cia memes of like the cia my cia is watching yeah they're my favorite memes. yeah it's kind they're of wholesome yeah like, make sure you drink water yeah i love those Check to see you locked the door this time. Yeah. Well, this is a big... Also, I mean, this is kind of going away from Alex Jones a bit, but he's really the person that sparked this whole controversy. And I wanted to discuss YouTube for a bit. Um, YouTube's been kind of being slammed by their own creators, really, for um, having their content uh, demonetized, um, having their content taken down. A lot of this is happening to... Um, the LGBTQ plus community because their uh, opinions on maybe gay rights and stuff like that are being, um, I guess, framed by the bots on YouTube as hate speech. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I've noticed a lot of YouTubers I watch have had to create Patreons Mm -hmm. because all of their YouTube videos are being demonetized. Um, one in particular, her name's Stevie Bobby. She does a lot of um, yeah. stuff to do with lesbians um, and her stuff will be demonetized and she'll go to see the like demonetized stuff and mm-hmm. it'll say because she's talked about lesbians. Yeah. Um, and it's just that question of like, mm-hmm. mm, it's not, that's, ha- it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to, mm. and it comes it comes down to like when when it's removed because of community guidelines like who is mm. who's like determining what is well um, yeah yeah so youtube's come back mm. and basically said okay we have these I, I, ai bots that basically mm. scan for certain keywords almost like google adwords or something where you yeah. put certain keywords so they've got keywords literally such as hate speech or isis or and if any of those words mm. come up they'll they'll Chop it down. It. So it's not actual people viewing the videos. It's yeah. these bots that are just going around being like, nah. I believe they can protest it and, and put in a lodge. Okay. Um, then someone will look mm-hmm. at it and then go, oh, okay. Right. But I think a lot of YouTubers are just sick of having like every video. Um, and it's also the news YouTubers um, are having, you know, if they cover news mm-hmm. such as, you know, a, a shooting um, uh, and they course. play video or they mention it. Um, then that triggers the then it Yeah. And so they're like, well, we're talking about news here. Yeah. We're rehashing the news, putting in our mm-hmm. opinions. Um, I'm not, you know, th- they're not talking, oh, I'm going, you know, about, sh- they're talking it, about the news. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're getting yeah. demonetized. What's even more interesting about what you're talking about right now to do with uh, when the Pulse Orlando shooting happened, um, there was obviously a lot of YouTubers that came up about it and a lot of them said, I'm not monetizing this video because yeah. that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Yet uh, late shows such as Jimmy Kimmel, their videos on it were monetized and they're still getting money mm. just because they're a reputable news source, I guess. 
That's really sweet. It's, it's ridiculous. Sad. And yeah. it's, it's, all, it's upsetting to see on a platform like YouTube, which mm-hmm. was for years all about decentralization and giving people power to yep. like control yeah. their own path. And now it's just favoring the massive mainstream mm-hmm. companies that are coming over here because they have to, because that's where the audience is. Yes. Um, I kind of just want to finish on a quote before we double tap into what this means for us. Mm. Um, So, um, sorry, Um, a caller who um, called into a podcast basically discussing this issue um, and Alex Jones, he said, if his name was Imam Jones and someone went out and shot up a pizzeria, I feel like they would have worse repercussions than what it is now, saying if Alex Alex Jones' name was a, a bit more to do with, you know. Islamic people yeah. or Muslim people, there would be less repercussions. But he is a fifty-year-old white right-winged dude, mm. and He's got oh, I mean that's a whole other mm. conversation and topic in itself. But it's an I just interest- I, it was an interesting view into Absolutely. that kind of stuff. It's a really interesting thing I think to leave on. Yeah. It really will make everyone think. Mm. <laughs> Okay, Brie. So we've talked a lot, but what do we have to double tap? What does this mean for us? Yeah, so this one's a tricky one because it's such a broad topic, but I thought it was really important. Mm. Um, so as all of us, we're all young, we're all tech and social media natives, as we're known. Um, and we always know there's been issues surrounding free speech. There's been the whole cyberbullying when Facebook came out. There's been unconsented nude leaks, for example, of celebrities and stuff like that. Um, and there's always people on the internet trying to bring people down. But at the end of the day, as media comm students, if we're working for a business or an agency, it's in our best interest to follow the rules of the platform we're using. Yeah. Unless the agency wants to go against that for some reason, <laughs> which I doubt that would Unless ever happen. Unless you're working for Alex Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think that would ever happen for me. That's all right. <laughs> um, so I believe free speech laws are eventually going to evolve or change um, and continue to become more strict in order to, like you said before, overcorrect so that none of this stuff gets out and hurts people um, because Alex Jones has done a lot of damage um, to victims of certain events that Mm. we've talked about. Um, And I think ever since the Trump administration, the world's getting scarier and more terrifying every single day. And internet and social media platforms are kind of changing with it um, to make sure they ensure the safety and protection of their users. So I think that's something we've got to think about when we're using um, mm. social media. Um, respect, I guess, the, the laws of the platforms and why they're in place. Um, but we can also challenge them. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with challenging certain rules. Mm. That's what I have to say. <sighs> Yeah. Well, that's how they change, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Rules aren't laws aren't going to change unless people challenge them. Challenge them. I it guess. will be really interesting to see, like, who and how and whether it's like a standardized process or mm-hmm. if it's something that is very specific to platforms. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we'll probably just see one social media platform mm-hmm. just stand out and say, "Hey." We're gonna we're gonna start doing this yeah. and and kind of take the lead. Mm-hmm. Whether that be the Facebooks, mm. you know, Instagram and Facebook, mm-hmm. or it be Twitter, mm. be interesting to see. So this is our last episode for a while, guys. Oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. It was over before it even. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Hopefully you the can next, cut that. next group of students will Carry follow in our steps. Pass, hold the torch. Hold the Carry torch. the torch. Yes. The baton. I know. Love it. I love it. I love you guys. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Love you, cutie. Bye. All right. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Wait, are we going? Yeah, we're good. We're gone. We're done.